Welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, where your viewpoint matters. Donnell discusses today's major issues and concerns with nationally recognized expert guests, as well as a variety of other interesting topics. So call and express your viewpoint about this week's topic or whatever else may be of concern to you. Just call Donnell at 563-999-3660 to share your viewpoint. Now, with this week's guest, here is your viewpoint host, Donnell Edwards. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Donnell Edwards Viewpoints, and I am your host, Donnell Edwards. Thank you for joining us for tonight's program, which is a special program. We scheduled this program about a month ago, and unfortunately, things didn't work out, and I am just so elated to be able to uh, present this information for uh, our audience this evening. Our theme is an introduction to investing what you need to know to become a successful investor. So if you ever had any inkling of investing or any interest, uh, this show tonight is for you. Our special guest is a financial trader, entrepreneur, and success coach who launched Live Traders in 2015. And Live Traders is a collaboration of professional traders with a vast amount of market knowledge and experience and which is now voted the number one trading education firm. Uh, he has trained over 1,000 traders and investors. He is considered the leading expert in the trading psychology space, having helped thousands of traders all over the world dealing with psychological and behavioral issues that arise when high stakes are on the line. Please join me in welcoming to the CWR Talk Network and Donnell Edwards Enterprises, uh, uh, Donnell Edwards Viewpoints, uh, heavyweight in the industry, Mr. Anmal Singh. Welcome, Anmal. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to chatting with you. You're very welcome. Now, Anmal, uh, please tell us about uh, you and your business, Live Traders. Sure. So Live Traders originally started off as an educational firm where we offered courses, seminars, and training for those looking to start their career as a stock market or for an exchange trader or people who are just simply looking to take control of their own investments rather than depend upon you know, an investment advisor to try and learn how to take control of investments at your own hand so you don't have to pay those pesky fees that the advisors charge. So that's how we originally started. And then now we also provide advisory services, letters, uh, newsletters, alerts of uh, things that we might be trading, as well as, you know, help back newer traders with capital that, you know, might have talent. Okay. So basically you provide uh, the service of educating and training as well as uh, service and support uh, for, for traders. Is that correct? That's correct. You know, we look for talent who maybe went through one of our programs and are, you know, potentially good traders but they might not have the financial background to start trading. So we help back them with our own capital. In exchange, you know, we take a percentage of um, the profit. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, it's been said that historically, stocks perform better than real estate, insurance, and all other investments. Uh, is that true? And what statistics or evidence is there to support that claim? Right. I mean, stocks historically do provide 
a better return than any other investment vehicle. You know, real estate is one that is probably at right now at par with um, stocks. But the good thing about stocks is that once you get a stock, then you get a return. There's nothing else you need to do. So with real estate, yeah, you might have the same returns as the stock market, but then there are costs involved, right? Like closing fees, attorney fees, title fees. Maybe you need to improve the house. You have to spend some money in it. So, you know, the house, because of those expenses, create a scenario where stocks actually outperform any other vehicle. And historically, it's been uh, proven, uh, you know, by various studies and various researchers, and multiple books have been published on that. And if you have a longer-term picture, stocks will outperform any other uh, you know, asset class. Okay. Now, uh, some people are reluctant to get into the stock market because uh, they have this misconception that only the wealthy can invest in stocks and the average person can afford it. Now, is this really a misconception or is this a fact? No, I, I think uh, it is a misconception, but it has started to become a fact just because of people start believing that, right? If okay. everybody starts believing, oh, stock market investing is only for the rich, guess what's going to happen? Rich are going to keep investing and people who are not investing, they never become rich. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because those who have any amount of money or who are successful, they definitely have investments in the stock market. So just look at what the rich people and the wealthy people are doing versus maybe those who are not at that level. What are they doing? And you will notice almost every rich or wealthy person has some form of investments in the stock market uh, because that's the only vehicle that over time has resulted in positive gains. And, you know, it's, it's not never going to go to zero. Stock market's always going to exist. It's always going to eventually end up going to the upward direction. So I think a lot of people have misconception because they try and time the market, right? They try and time a stock. Instead of buying the market, they're trying to say, all right, I want to bet on just Apple alone, no, nothing else. You know, now that is picking. And that's meant for people who are more, I guess, educated and they know what they're doing, right? So they can make their stock picking decisions. But as an investor, you don't, you know, really need to focus on picking something. You just buy the market. And over time, you know, if you look at it five-year period, 10-year period, you're always going to end up in a positive Okay, so if if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, basically anybody that plans on getting into the stock market needs to expand their their scope and not just concentrate on one thing, and need to be prepared to stay in for the long haul. Is is that 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 correct? Right. So I mean, I would say that there's two kinds of investor. One is someone who is really wanting to do this as a full time career, or you know, someone who's really interested. So that person might go through, you know, courses and programs that will help him in that stock picking decision making. So th those people are generally more active. They're researching a lot more. They're studying a lot more. And those people are more likely to pick the right kind of stocks. But for someone who just wants to invest, they don't want to get into this as a profession. You know, for them, it's more better to just buy the market as a whole. So just buy the S&P 500 or just buy the Dow Jones and not try and pick the stocks. So for those who wanted to do this on the side as an investment vehicle, just buy the market as a whole. And if you're looking to be more involved in the marketplace, then you can study, learn more, and then you can actually start picking stocks. Okay. Now, uh, since we have the Internet, uh, there are online courses that people can take and different programs. And uh, sometimes people may actually be able to simulate what it would be like to do transactions without actually using actual money. 
do you recommend that for someone new that's trying to learn about the stock market? 100%. You know, if somebody comes in and says, I want to do this, you know, as a career, or maybe I just want to be really involved in this, then yeah, you definitely learn first. So you take the courses, you take the programs, and then you go on a demo or simulator account where you actually practice what you just learned, right, in those courses. And if you're making money, if you're doing well on a simulator account with what you've learned, then now you can start transitioning into a real account. And in that real account, you start small, right? And then you build from there. As you keep getting better, you can keep increasing the risk that you're putting on. Okay, very good. Now, uh, there there are different uh, asset classes from, from what I understand. So what are asset classes and what are the different types of the different classes for investment options? Right. So asset classes are mainly, it's a word to say, you know, what are the potential investment vehicles or investment options? So as an investor, you can invest in particular stocks, right? That's one asset class. You can invest in the stock market as a whole, or you can invest in real estate. That's another asset class. Or maybe you're like, okay, I want to invest in gold, silver, oil. Now that's a totally different asset class. So there's an asset class, which is stocks, asset class, which is commodities. And inside commodities, you have gold, silver, oil, and platinum, and corn, and wheat. And then you have real estate. In my opinion, people should focus on only two asset classes, which is stock market and the real estate market. Those are the best ones that long-term will end up resulting in a you know, favorable investment rather than anything else, like cryptos and bitcoins that people are talking about. That's a new asset class, right? That's a new asset class that might not might not be here, you know, five or ten years from now. So you have to think about it in that regard uh, in terms of asset classes. Okay. Now, uh, there's also registered and unregistered accounts. So what's, what's the difference between a registered account and an unregistered account? So from a trade, trading perspective, what that mainly uh, means is, is it a licensed account, which is if you're opening a account with a proprietary trading firm, or if you're opening an account with a, let's call it a retail broker. So if you're opening an account with a retail broker, that's just a general retail trading and investing account. So that is normal. You don't need any licenses for that. You don't need any registrations for that. You can simply open up an account with a broker, just like TD Ameritrade, Thinkorswim, uh, TradeStation, you know, uh, Schwab, uh, and, you know, you can open an account with them for trading purposes, and th- that doesn't require any registration or licensing. But if you want to do it as an active career for trading, and you go to, like, a proprietary trading firm, then you need to be licensed as a proprietary trader, which might require Series 56 uh, as a license. So the main difference uh, is so just simply looking to invest for yourself. A regular brokerage account would be just fine. Okay, very good. Thank you for all of those responses, and uh, we're going to get back here to you in just a little bit, but right now we're going to take a break. And if you just joined us, this is Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, and our topic tonight is an introduction to investing, what you need to know to become a successful investor, and our special guest is financial trader, entrepreneur, and success coach, Anmal Singh. And if you have a question for Mr. Singh, Call us at 563-999-360. That number again is 
3660. When we return, Mr. Singh will tell us how someone who has never invested and has little knowledge of the markets can get started investing in the stock market. So stay tuned. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Wake up, America. Today we are a country divided because of racism, hatred, and injustice. But racism will not define us and hatred will not defeat us because that is not who the majority of us are. But we seldom come together as one to have an open dialogue about the racism plaguing our country and how it affects individual ethnic communities and our nation as a whole. That is why the CWR Talk Network has assembled a phenomenal team from various backgrounds and ethnicities to discuss how to overcome the racial divide in America. This special two-hour live online virtual town hall event will be held on Tuesday, June 19th from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, and sign up for our newsletter for updates and more details. Don't miss this very special event on Tuesday, June 19th, designed to stop the hate by learning to better communicate. If you are interested in participating or sponsoring this event, contact us by email at info at cwrtaltnetwork.com. That's info at cwrtaltnetwork.com. Together, we can unite America. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman, something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right, but don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Welcome back. If you just tuned in, this is Donnell Edwards Viewpoints, and tonight's topic for discussion is an introduction to investing, what you need to know to become a successful investor, and our special guest is financial trader, entrepreneur, and success coach, Mr. Anmal Singh. 
And now for someone new uh, that never has invested and has little or no knowledge of the stock market, what do you advise that a novice like that should do before choosing a broker and opening an account? Right. So the first thing that people need to do is they need to decide, are they going to be an active investor or are they going to be a passive investor? So passive investor is, as I was talking about earlier, is someone who is simply just looking to invest his money instead of having it in a bank account, having it somewhere where it can actually grow. So that would be a passive investor. And if you're looking to become a passive investor, then there's not a lot you need to learn. You know, you need to look at the best um, you know, mutual funds or the lowest fees mutual funds or something. Or you can just simply buy the market as a whole. If you buy the market as a whole, that's it. You're done. You don't even need to look at anything at all. So that's a passive investment. Now, let's say you decide, I want to be more involved. I want to be more active. I really want to start maybe investing myself, picking stocks. Then the way you need to start is first you need to start learning. So learning could be through a variety of things. It could be through shows and podcasts like this. It could be through uh, reading books about the topic. Like one of the books I would recommend people, whether it be passive or uh, you know, active investing, is Tony Robbins. Two books. He's got a book called Money, and he's got the other book, which is called Unshakable. Those are probably the best books that I would recommend for somebody who's looking to just invest his own money without being you know, treating it like a profession, without treating it like a profession. But if you want to do it uh, like a profession, you can actually just head on over to my site. There's a free ebook and a lot of blog posts that we publish on there at livecreators.com. But people can actually go, download that book, read the blog post, get a lot of basic info on whether this is even right for them. Because you might realize that, hey, maybe I don't want to get into this. So you read that material, you get started, you watch the videos, and maybe you find a mentor that was already doing that so he can teach you the way. And that would be how I would get started. But first things, pick up those Tony Robbins books. Those will give you the fundamental analysis on the market. And they will actually break down the first question that you had brought on on the show about why is stock the best asset class, right? Or research is there to prove that. So all that is actually in the book. You know, Tony Robbins talks about how stocks have outperformed over the long run. And they will continue to outperform any other asset class over the long run because of compounded returns. If you start with 10000 right now, let's say next year you get a 10% return, you got $1,000. That's fine. But now next year you started at 11000 So now let's say you get 10% of that. And the next, next year you're going to get 10% of that, right? And so keep building like a snowball. And talking of snowball, that's another practice trade book people can read, which is by Warren Buffett called Snowball. And that's what it talks about, you know. It's like a snowball, you keep rolling it down, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That's the beauty of compounded return. Okay, all right, very good. Uh, I believe we're getting some feedback, too. If you have your speakers or something on, there's some feedback coming from somewhere. But uh, those are some, some good books. I, I wrote those down. Now, uh, one of the things that I think helps people when they're getting to the point where they're educated enough to invest, whether they're doing it on their own or through a broker, is uh, having a prospectus for stocks that they may be considering. Can you explain what a prospectus is and why that's important to an investor? Um, sure. So, you know, talking about earlier, prospectuses are mainly meant for, again, if you're stock picking, right? Right. 
Because if you're looking to say, okay, which company should I invest into, that's when a prospectus will come in handy when you're trying to pick a stock. But before people do that, I think you should ignore the prospectus completely because prospectus is more fundamental analysis. So there's two types of analysis in investing, which is a technical analysis and a fundamental analysis. What fundamental analysis does is it analyzes the company's data, how the company runs, the company's cash flow, how the management is, what their costs are. It's really looking at the company as a business and valuing it based on that business and based on the future projection. So that's fundamental analysis. Now, technical analysis, which is what I do, as we do at our firm, is looking at the charts and the graphs and the indicators of that particular stock, looking at the prior history of what that stock's done, where can it go to, and then making statistical decisions based upon that. And we make our decision on where, whether it's a good stock or not. So I personally don't really consider a fundamental analysis because fundamental analysis is very subjective. Because we as regular uh, retail traders that I like to call it, we have access to information that's on the internet, right? Google, Yahoo Finance, maybe a CNBC. That's our source of information. Whereas professional traders who might be doing this for a living, hedge fund managers, they get that information months before average person gets it, right? So there's no edge in that. Because we're only going to read stuff that's on news. But people who are actually presenting that news, they knew that before we did. So we're always going to be late to the party. So that's why I never really look at fundamental analysis because it's so hard unless you're like an accountant who can really dive into their statements. It's a very hard thing to do for regular people like us. So regular people like us, the best way is to do technical analysis. And technical analysis is mainly uh, looking at the company's charts, the graphs, and things of that nature, looking at the prior history of the stock, seeing where it can go to, and then making our decisions uh, based on that. Okay, very good. That's that's good to know because uh, I never would have, would have known that. I thought the uh, prospectus was a was a good thing if you, you were getting ready to uh, uh, really significant if you were getting ready to make a make a purchase. So that's that's great information. Thank you for that. Now, uh, since we are in the uh, information age and the internet is has become so popular. You know, we used to go to the the newspaper and see all the, the stock tables that are, are published there. So, are, are they still important? Is that a good place for someone interesting and educating themselves about stocks to learn how to read those well and understand what they mean? Um, no, I think now everything has moved online. So now you actually okay. have the ability to look at charts and graphs and everything right on your phone or on your laptop and that's where i would recommend people go to is learning how to read charts and it's not really that hard as people think you know people make it sound hard because they want you to think it's hard but it's actually not that hard at all all you got to look at where can the stock go to where has its prior potential been you know where uh has it gone the lowest at where can it go the highest at and then you know learning simple stuff like you know drawing trend lines which is basically looking at the trend of the stock so another uh, great book people can pick up is act, uh, called a technical analysis, you know, uh, and that would actually teach people a little bit basics about how technical analysis actually works. And people can even go on our YouTube channel. We have tons of great videos that teach people the basics, uh, and it's, there's no charge for that. It's all free. People can look at the technical analysis, learn how to read charts, which will tell them statistical probabilities based on the prior history of the stock, 
it has a 60% chance of going here, it has a 30% chance of going there, and then based on those statistics and odds, you can actually make decisions which are going to be much better. And the reason why they're much better is because it keeps the emotions out of check. You know, if people uh, buy based on fundamental analysis, they get in love with the company. They're like, oh, no, it's a great company. Even though it might be going down, even though they might be losing money on it, they're like, no, it's going to be great. It's going to make a comeback. They're going to change the CEO. They're going to come up with new products. And they get married to their buyer, which is a totally incorrect thing to do. I've seen that over and over, just like the financial crisis, right? People were like, oh, Citibank's always going to be great, or the bank's always going to be great, or Bear Stearns, Enron, they're great companies. I'm always going to hold on to them, right? But that's not how it didn't end well. So people get married a lot to their bias, where technical analysis takes the emotions out of your investing decision, because it's purely based on odds. And what it also does is gives us a point. Okay, if the stock goes down to this price, then we'll get out and take our loss on this one. We'll go on to the next trade. So it really takes out the emotions, which causes us to make uh, you know, objective decisions rather than subjective decisions. Okay, very good. Now, uh, in looking at the, that kind of data, would you recommend going to the New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, or to a major broker's website? Yeah, so uh, as a retail trader, you can't really go to NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange on your own because you have to be a member. So the way oh, okay. to get started retail traders is they have to go directly to a broker. So a broker okay. could be Charles Schwab, it could be uh, TradeStation, it could be TD Ameritrade. They could go to a TD Bank or they could go to any other bank of their own and open up an account or a brokerage account. And once they have the brokerage account, next thing they need to do is they need to fund that account. And usually if you are trying to do an investing, most brokers ask for a minimum of $500 or $1,000 to open the account. And if you want to be an active trader who wants to get in and out every day, then you have to open what's called a day trading account, which uh, you have to start with a minimum of $25,000. So that's the way to get started is to open a brokerage account. And then in that brokerage account, you will have the ability to buy stocks from anywhere. You could buy NASDAQ stocks. You can buy your stock exchange stocks from that sim- single brokerage account. You're able to do all that. Okay. And you say you can open a brokerage account for between five and one, 500 and 1,000? Yeah, most brokers open it with a minimum of 500 or $1,000 if you want to just invest. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, uh, we, we also hear about stock speculators. Now, what, what is their role in all of this or their relationship with investors? Right. So investor is somebody who actually, let's say, believes in the company or is the company's future, right? So he's an investor. He's investing in the company's ability to grow their business and have a successful business. Whereas a speculator, speculator is more, I would say, somebody who is not invested in the company emotionally. He doesn't care about the company. He doesn't care if the company is going to go up or down, but maybe he sees, okay, this company might be coming out with a drug that's going to uh, be a better treatment for cancer, right? And that drug, drug approval might be with the FDA. FDA is still testing the drug whether to approve it or not. So speculator can go out there and buy the stock and speculate on the fact that that drug might be approved, right? And he speculate on that fact. Uh, so speculator is somebody who's just making a bet, and he doesn't really care about the company either in any direction. So for us, I'm a trader. You, I could be classified as a speculator because I am not emotionally tied to a company. I don't really care about the company or its future. 
all I'm betting on is the fact that statistically my odds tell me that the stock is heading this direction, right? And I'm speculating on those odds. Okay. Now, for the most part, uh, are speculators pretty accurate in their uh, estimations or their evaluations? Uh, even in speculation, there could be two types of speculators. One could be like an educated speculator. Who, okay. For example, my firm, we're making decisions based on statistical models, right? We're making decisions based upon prior history. So we have statistics and data behind that to back up our thought process. So if my odds tell me, okay, if I take 100 trades, I'm going to lose on 50 of them, and I'm going to win on 50 of them. But when I win on the 50 of them, I make twice on what I lose on the losing ones. So overall, I'm always going to be positive. So now that's an intelligent speculation because I already know what I'm going to win or lose. Whereas a total speculator could even be classified as a gambler. He could say, you know what? The company is reporting its earnings tomorrow. I feel they're going to be great. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to buy it. Now, he doesn't, there's no founded reason why he's buying it. He just thinks he's going to do that, right? If you think Apple's going to go up, you don't know why, but you think it's going to go up. Now, that's just pure speculation without any uh, data behind that. Okay, so as an investor, how do you tell whether you're working with an, an educated uh, speculator or one who is not? So, I mean, that's something for the investor, you know, it, itself to decide. So if you're doing it on your own, if you're taking control of your own investments, it's a simple thing. Ask yourself the question, you know, when I'm investing into this company, why am I investing? Is there anything that I know that others don't know about? If, I, if you just read an online article and you're like, this is going to be a great company, then that's probably speculation, right? Because you're not really making a good decision because that article probably be, uh, has been read by a million people before you, right? So it's nothing special. If you make an investment decision based upon Jim Cramer suggesting something on TV, then that's gambling, right? Because if you really Google Jim Cramer's picks, they've actually underperformed the market and actually lost money if you actually keep a track of everything he's recommended. But a regular person could be watching CNBC, get influenced by that, and goes and buys something, and then ends up losing money. So, you know, if you ask yourself the question, why am I investing, and the answer is based on an article you read or TV news or your friend or your barber telling you something, then you're gambling. But if you say, okay, this is based upon uh, this XYZ reason, you know, that the company is going to do this XYZ, or it's coming out with a new product line that's going to, you know, pay through three years from now, and based upon that, I'm making a decision, you know, that's reasonable, right? An even better approach would be as a technical trader. You're like, all right, based on the prior history of the stock, it can has a 60% chance of going here, there's a 30% chance of going down. If it goes down, I'm going to get out here and take my little loss. If it goes up, I'm going to take my profit here. And you know exactly when you're going to get out, and that's the most key. Before you get into a trade or an investment, you should know your point. What's your point? If you are losing money on the trade, what's the point where you say, I'm going to take my loss, or are you going to keep on holding? If your strategy is that you're just going to keep on holding with the hopes that it comes back up, then that's gambling, right? But if you know your exit point before you even get to the investment, now that's intelligent speculation. Okay. Now, uh, obviously, this 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 next question uh, is, is going to be different for uh, each individual, but... On the average, how long would you say that it would take someone who never has invested in the stock market, who has little experience or knowledge of how things work, 
uh, about how long would it take for them to, to get educated if they uh, apply themselves to, to reading and studying and uh, getting information from people like you at your website to really be uh, educated enough to kind of know what they're doing as far as uh, opening an account and starting to either work with a broker or invest themselves. Yeah, so I would say that as a passive investor, you know, you could learn probably in a month just by reading the books that we recommended. Once you read those three books that we talked about earlier, you would have a pretty good understanding of how the markets work, how the markets move, and that would be enough information to actually start making decisions. But there's also another thing known as paralysis by analysis, whereas you read too much, right, and everybody's giving you different information because everybody has a different style of investing, right? Warren Buffett is a different investor to maybe a hedge fund manager. So if you start reading too many books or you start reading too much material from different sources, that causes you to uh, do something which is called paralysis by analysis. You keep analyzing, but you never pull the trigger on the investment. So that's, uh, that's actually one of those things. So if you read the three books that we talked about, I think anybody can get a basic understanding and start investing right away. You know, as soon as you finish those books, you should be good to go. But now somebody who's looking to do this as a career, as we talked about earlier, then that's a longer process. You know, I, I won't lie to you and say you're going to learn in three months. It's probably going to take you six months to a year before you actually start making money as a, a professional trader. Because think about it that way. You know, lawyers go to five, seven years of law school. Doctors go to five to ten years of medical school. Then they go through internships. Then they go to all that. And then they become doctors or lawyers, right? But somehow people come into the stock market and think that, you know what, I'm just going to start doing it right now. But then they forget. They're competing against people from Goldman Sachs. They're competing against traders from big, big firms. They're competing against my firm and my traders. And we have way more experience and knowledge than they do. So they can't just come out and start competing with us. Right? So as a trader, somebody who wants to do this as a career, I would say 6 to 12 months is a safe time frame to save. But somebody who just okay. wants to invest then have his money in the bank account, they can definitely read those books and get started right away. Okay, very good. And if you just joined us and you didn't hear uh, the books that uh, Mr. Singh is referring to, he mentioned Money and Unthinkable by Tony Robbins and Snowball by Warren Buffett. So if you're thinking about educating yourself to uh, begin investing or working with a broker, uh, those are the recommended books. So we're going to come back in, in just a few minutes and, and talk some more. Uh, you are listening to Donnell Edwards Viewpoints if you just tuned in. Our topic tonight is an introduction to investing, what you need to know to become a successful investor. And our special guest is financial trader, entrepreneur, and success coach, Anmal Singh. If you have a question for Mr. Singh, give us a call right now at 563-999-3660. Our number again is 563-999-3660. We'll return after these important messages, and when we do, we're going to discuss what an investor needs to look for before buying stocks. We'll be right back. listening to 
The CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool. And by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Welcome back. This is Donnell Edwards Viewpoints, and thanks for joining us for tonight's discussion and introduction to investing. What you need to know to become a successful investor. We're joined tonight by financial trader Anmol Singh. Now, Anmol, what's a good rule to determine when to buy stocks? Sure. So a good rule would be based upon your preset plan, which is you should already start looking and researching for stocks that you might want to buy and creating a plan beforehand. So that's that's where you ensure that you never make a rash decision. So you should never make a decision based upon like a thought that just came up. You should always be planning. So you should be planning, okay, you know, I am interested in companies like Microsoft and Google. And based on my research, they should be coming in at this X amount of level. So they might be at $100 right now as an example. And you say, you know what, if it comes back down to 70 that makes a lot of sense as an investment to buy it. And then you wait. You wait for one of those days where it starts to come down. And then when you come, it comes down to your entry price, then you can buy it. So, you know, the trade should already be planned out well before in advance, uh, before you actually take the trade. So a good rule of thumb, the biggest thing people can do for their investing or trading career is to set a pre-set loss limit. And, you know, you would be like, hey, why is he talking about losses? I think we should be talking about gains. But what's more important is actually managing the risk. You know, that's the key. More than uh, learning how to pick good trades, as long as you don't lose money, 
That's the first rule of investing. You know, and uh, Warren Buffett said, there's two rules to investing. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule, uh, rule number two, read rule number one. So the same thing again, <laughs> you should first decide, you know, what's your exit point? Let's say you're wrong. Always assume the worst case scenario. Let's say I'm wrong on this investment decision. When do I get out? Or do I just buy and hope? Because it's not even buy and hold anymore. It's more like buy and hope. That's what people end up doing. So buy and hope is not a good strategy. You know, you need to decide. If I'm wrong, where do I get out? And also, if I'm right, where do I get out? How do you know the investment has done its course, right? That's another thing you need to know. You know, when to get out is more important than when to actually get in. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Good point. Now, uh, another uh, thing that we hear about is uh, terms like bull market and bear market. So what do these terms mean, and what are ways to monitor the market to learn how to determine what direction the market is going in? Sure. So these are uh, basic terms in trading and investing, which is called bull and bear or bullish and bearish. So bullish basically means whenever the market is strong, it's going higher. That's a bullish market. Yeah, so think about it just like a bull, right? A bull has a horn facing up. So if it's going up, it's bullish. If it's going down, it's bearish, right? Just like the horns of a bear. Bear has a horns that are usually pointing sideways or down. So a uh, bearish market is one that's actually moving down and it's weak. A bullish market is one that is actually strong. So it's just a way of saying, it's just a lingo of saying if it's strong or uh, you know weak. And how to tell if it's bullish or bearish is, again, just to look at the price of the stock and the prior history. If it's been trending higher for let's say the last three months, then it's supposed to be in an uptrend or a bullish trend, you know, and vice versa on the downside. Okay. Now just take us through a, a transaction to kind of give us an idea how uh an investor makes money investing in stocks. Say a say someone invested X amount of money and purchased X number of uh shares of a certain mm-hmm. stock. How do they either make money or lose money with that investment? Sure. So let's just use the example that I, this is an approach that I would recommend for pretty much everybody listening, you know, because no matter how uh, rich you are or no matter how much maybe you don't, you're not that well off, everybody should be invested in the market. It could be 100 bucks, it could be 200 bucks, but everybody should be invested in the market. And as a good rule of thumb, I think everybody should save at least, um, you know, 10 to 20% of the income and put it in the market every month. Now, I know some people are like, you know, you know, I don't even make enough to save that amount of money. But if you keep that habit up, you actually end up really well. So let's go through an example. Let's say you start with $10,000, okay? You put it in the market. You buy the whole market as a whole, the S&P 500. Now, let's say at the end of the year, you make a 10% return, right? So you made $1,000. So a lot of people listening might be thinking, oh, I only made $1,000 in a whole year. How am I ever going to get rich? Well, let's take the scenario. So now, year number two. In the year number two, you're going to start off with 11000 which is 10000 plus the eleven that you made last year. All right, so now you have 11000 on year two. Now, let's say you make another 10%. So now you ended up making you know, 10% of that 11000 or 1100 So now what happens next year? Next year, you start at 11000 Plus that 1100, right? We start the year at 12,100. Now, next year, again, you do the math, you make 10% of that next year, okay? So now you're going to add that. And if you go to year 10, look at what your returns are going to be. 
in year 10. So somebody in here listening is in their 20s, 30s, or 40s. Just do the math if you kept rolling the ball like that at an average of 8 to 10% a year, right? But look where you're going to be in the next 10 years or 20 years. You're going to be surprised. And I think that's one of the reasons people have a too short-term mindset. They want to get rich right now, right? They want that stock pick, that hot little stock pick that's going to make them a millionaire. But that's not actually how it works in reality. You know, trading and investing takes time. If you have a 5, 10, 15-year time horizon, you're going to do really well. Just, you know, just do the math on that, you know. And if people have, let's say, $500,000 or let's say even a million dollars saved up, right, just do the math. Now, if they, they can actually live off that, right? If you get a 10% return on a million dollars, that's $100,000 a year just to salary, just as a salary. So that's how you got to think about it. It's, you've got to grow your nest first. So I think people who are starting out, you know, might be thinking, okay, but I don't even have 10000 I only have 500 right now. Okay, put 500 in, right? And every month, try and save 20% or 10% of what you make. If you're making $5,000 a month, try and put $500 every month into the market, right? And in the next 5, 10 years, you're going to be look back and look at this interview and, you know, and say to yourself that this interview literally saved me, right? Because you've got to do the math first. People need to get comfortable with numbers, they need to pull out a calculator and do the numbers 10 years from now. And that'll, that's going to be an eye-opener for everybody. Okay. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, basically, it sounds like you're saying anyone who goes into this needs to approach it like a business. Because businesses don't, you don't open your doors and, in most cases, immediately start making money. Usually there's periods, sometimes years of losses before you break even and start start making anything. And so the stock market can be the same way. Is that, that pretty much it? Yeah, stock market is exactly the same way. Some years, stock market is going to do really well. Some years, not so much. Some years, it might even lose. But if you're treating it like a business with a longer-term time frame, the stock market provides an average return of 8% over its history, entire history of existence, including all the crashes, including all the times the market sold off hard, including everything, the average is still 8% a year. You know, where do you get that? You know, you put it in a bank, they give you 0.002%, right? And then you lose 5% on inflation every year. So your money's actually losing worth sitting in your wallet in your bank account. Might as well put it in the market. You know, you're going to get 8% on average every single year. So it's a a no-brainer as far as investments are concerned. And that's just assuming somebody who doesn't even know any knowledge just buys the market. No knowledge at all. That's going to give you 8%. Now, think how powerful those returns can be if you actually learn how to do this, right? If you can turn those 8% into 80% if you really know what you're doing. Okay. Uh, there have been some people in the industry that have given the industry a, a black eye. We want to talk about who they are and most people know. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how investors can protect themselves from fraud. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Wake up, America. Today we are a country divided because of racism, hatred, and injustice. 
But racism will not define us and hatred will not defeat us because that is not who the majority of us are. But we seldom come together as one to have an open dialogue about the racism plaguing our country and how it affects individual ethnic communities and our nation as a whole. That is why the CWR Talk Network has assembled a phenomenal team from various backgrounds and ethnicities to discuss how to overcome the racial divide in America. This special two-hour live online virtual town hall event will be held on Tuesday, June 19th from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, and sign up for our newsletter for updates and more details. Don't miss this very special event on Tuesday, June 19th, designed to stop the hate by learning to better communicate. If you are interested in participating or sponsoring this event, contact us by email at info at cwrtalknetwork.com. That's info at cwrtalknetwork.com. Together, we can unite America. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Welcome back to Donnell Edwards Viewpoints with our guest, our very special guest, Mr. Anmal Singh, a financial trader, entrepreneur, and success coach. And as uh, we were uh, leaving, going into this break, we mentioned we were going to talk about fraud when we came back. So Anmal, uh, how may investors protect themselves and learn to recognize investment fraud such as Ponzi schemes and avoid uh, investment scams. So um, the biggest rule you can go to is the rule that your mom and dad probably gave you when you were young, which is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So you know that's <laughs> the number one rule you need to look at. And I've, I'm seeing this right now, like with people with bitcoins and you know all these digital cryptocurrencies. That's what's happening right now because people are going after a shiny object. That's what's that's what encourages all these scams and these frauds is the people. You know, people keep promoting it. Their sons and daughters are talking about it. Then their barber starts talking about it. And then they hear that maybe their cab driver talking about it. And then they see it on the news and they're like, oh, maybe I'm missing out. It's that fear of missing out. So every time you make an investment decision, you need to ask yourself, am I making this investment decision based upon some theory or some thesis or Am I just scared that I'm missing out on something, right? Maybe everybody's investing in it. Everybody's talking about these Bitcoins that are going up, and I'm not in it. Is my decision based upon a fear of missing out or not being a part of the, you know, the club? Is that why you're making a decision? And if that's so, then you need to not make that investment decision and stay out of the scams because that's what's happening with uh, these things right now. People are investing into it. They're losing money, and these companies are going under uh, these supposedly these digital coins. So, you know, that's one of the things people need to do. And another thing they need to do is if you're working with a financial advisor, maybe a broker, maybe a, uh, you know, it's somebody where you get your insurance from, your financial advisor, ask your financial advisor this question. Are you a fiduciary? Which basically means, 
are you a fiduciary investment advisor, which is a fee-based advisor, which basically charges you a flat fee for advice, and then that's it, right? And that those are the investors you need. Uh, those are the advisors you need to look for, because they have the best interest in mind. Because they only get compensated based upon a fee, so they have your best interest in mind, and they have a legal fiduciary responsibility to make the best decisions for you. But nowadays, what's happening is a lot of financial advisors are simply brokers disguised as advisors. They don't have your best interest at heart because they are getting paid commissions for what they sell. So if they suggest you a mutual fund, they suggest you an insurance policy, they're actually getting a kickback of commission from that broker for selling you that insurance policy, right? Whereas a fiduciary will look at your you know, current situation, your family life, your finances, and then based upon that, it's going to put you in a position where you're going to be you know, best suited. So that's two things people can start doing is, number one, ask yourself the question, am I making this decision based upon fear of missing out? Is it a shiny object? Is it too good to be true? Number three, if you're working with a financial advisor, is to make sure he's a fiduciary and he's a fee-based advisor and make sure he's not getting paid commissions on the back. And ask those hard questions. Work with an advisor. Ask him, are you getting compensated any other way or in addition to my fees? If he says yes, then simply walk out. You know, he's a broker. Okay, very good. Great information. Thank you for that. Now, uh, what final thoughts do you have for our listeners interested in becoming investors in the stock market? You know, I, I would definitely suggest them to give us a call. Give my office a call. Uh, it, it number is 800-947-4027. So they can give our office a call during working hours and then get a free 15-minute consultation with uh, one of our traders or one of our my partners. And then, you know, we're going to try and get to know you a little bit more and see if this is even right for you, you know, because it might not be right for you at all. So we want to find that out during the call. And then the next thing people can do is they can go to our website, livetraders.com, download the free ebook on there, and go to the education section of the blog. There's tons of great articles on there. Go to our YouTube channel. There's tons of great videos on there. Start watching that and engrossing yourself in the industry. The third thing they can do is they can turn off their TV. Do not watch CNBC. Do not watch that at all. They have an agenda, which is, to, again, sell their products. So don't watch TV and don't take your advice from magazines or newspapers or blog posts. Learn how to make your own decisions. Uh, work with a fiduciary. And then the, the other thing they can do is they can read the three books that we talked about, Snowball by Warren Buffett, Unshakable by Tony Robbins, and Money Master the Mind by Tony Robbins as well. Those three books, you'll get enough information to really know what's going on. Okay. Great information. We thank you so much. Thank you for joining us tonight and helping us to understand how to get started investing in the stock market and the many things new investors should be aware of. I learned a lot, and I, hopefully uh, our listeners did as well, and we greatly appreciate the information that you shared with us. So thank you, and uh, uh, we hope we'll have you back on again uh, sometimes in the future. Uh, Definitely. Right Thanks. now. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, right now, uh, I, I will be off next week on vacation. So check your email or our website, the cwrtalknetwork.com, for information about our next program. So that's it for tonight. Have a great rest of the week and a safe and joyous holiday. Thank you.